there has been so much misinformation put out from some of these crazy Karens. Blah, blah, blah. Excuse me. <laughs> we have the mother. This is obviously the missing mother. And we have the child. And they just poof, disappeared. It was how he was not only going to kill me, but how he was going to kill my husband. And the race was on. You are listening to The Crime Files with host Philip Clown and Karen Gill. Good morning. It is Friday, December 16th. And with me, I have Philip today. Yay. Almost Christmas. Let's get it over with. Well, that's a Debbie Downer. No, it's really not. I mean, it's just we got so much crap going on in this office right now, and it's just it's just nuts. But we're okay, and we're hanging in there. And uh, before we get started on our topic of the day, I do want to mention two things that are very, very, very important. Uh, number one, Title 42 ends this week. Uh, I just was visiting with DPS up in Austin this last week, or this week, yesterday, actually. Stopped by their offices, and uh, we visited a little bit uh, with our contacts up there. And uh, I don't know that this country or this state of Texas is going to be able to handle if Title 42. Title 42 is gone. The administration's already said it's gone. So... There is going to be an influx of people, especially in the El Paso area. So I know there's a lot of people listen to us in El Paso. Prepare. Um, for this dumb one over here, what is Title Title 42, 42 is the one uh, is that uh, controls the immigration into the United States oh. and the how the United States can get there. Uh, I'm saying this very simplistically, folks, before you jump all over me. Uh, before you can come into the United States, there's health issues you need to deal with. Kind of like, you know, you have to go get a swab up your nose before you go see your doctor, you know, it's that sort of thing. And so um, they're coming across the border as fast as they can come across the border. The getaways are now multiplied by three. Uh, they're catching uh, homicide uh, suspects. They're catching... And you guys can see this in the news. You don't need to hear this from me, but the fentanyl and the and the liquid meth and, you know, it's just it's out of control uh, in Mexico. As we've been saying and everybody, goes, oh, no, they're making it up their line. Mexico is run by the cartels. It's who you fear the worst, whose head's going to get chopped off. Uh, and we've been trying to say this for years and years and years that it would come to this point, and the professionals in law enforcement have been saying it. Well, anyway, Title 42 ends on the 21st. When it ends, <clears throat> there is going to be an onslaught. If you live along the border, our suggestion is, is you listen to the news, you listen to your local officials, um, you know, there's going to be a mass inf influx of people into the United States unless the Biden administration and unless Congress, who goes home today, right? I, I talked to a couple of congressmen on the phone yesterday. Surely, uh, it's, it's yeah, the they're 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 uh, yeah, they're going home for the holiday. So Congress is shut down until the third, is my understanding. Pelosi's already said she's not going to listen to anything. Coming up on the on the floor, uh, the, the Congress is done, she says. So here we go. So will it be as bad as some of the professionals think? I don't know. I'm I'm not down there, but from what I hear um, from some of the lieutenants up at uh, DPS, they're uh, increasing the amount of DPS officers to the border 
all along the border from El Paso all the way down to the coast. So, folks, I, I don't know what to tell you. I know there was two police officers shot at last night. One was hit uh, from from Mexico. They're shooting across the the river. That's just insane. It's insane. That is a good word for it. It is insane of what's going on. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens, but everybody needs to kind of keep on uh, your toes on that. Uh, the second thing I want to talk about real quickly is that I understand from um, some of my folks that I do business with in the legislature, they are going to take on, uh, and there is a movement to take on, uh, false information on the internet. Uh, and so I don't know how that bill would be fashioned. I mean, you'd have to bring in Sullivan versus New York Times. You'd have to bring in a lot of Supreme Court. Now your haters are going to sit here oh, and who say, cares? oh, I mean, well, you spread false information online, yeah, okay. or our company okay. spreads false information yeah. okay. online. Okay, prove it. Exactly. Prove it. There you go. Prove it. Quit being a loudmouth and step up and prove it. Uh, but anyway, um, they are going to take it on this biennium. If they don't take it on this biennium or it gets locked up in the legal process, they definitely are going to pass it on the next biennium. So uh, they've got the votes, too, Democrat and Republican. I think everybody's just done with these Karens on the Internet, and we deal with them, too, and it's just uh, is what it is. And, um, you know, I, I just don't see it could be criminal. I just don't. I mean, civil, yeah, I could see that. But we already have laws in place. Uh, if anybody knows anything about me, you know that I don't like a bunch of laws. Uh, I think that we can do it in in sections and a couple of th- you know a couple of laws that will cartel some of this curtail. Did I say cartel? Yeah, I got cartels on my brain. Uh, curtail um, some of this, and uh, I think it needs to happen. So anyway, there you go. There's well, my speech. It definitely it. will be interesting. So one of our most asked about cases for us to cover on this podcast has been the um, the roommates that were killed in Idaho, Moscow, Idaho. And we've held off on doing a podcast over this just because in any investigation, especially something that has so much media attention throughout the entire world, things are super fluid. This is a newer, I say newer, I mean, it's weeks old now, but um, when it happened, there was going to be more information that came out. So we just kind of wanted to step back, watch it unfold, because obviously if anybody follow us, follows us, you know that we do have interest in Idaho with one of our own cases. And very extensive contacts with federal, state, and local police officers up that way. So we kind of get the inside skinny sometimes, and some of the stuff they've asked us not to talk about, we won't. But some of the stuff I think is important under safety and security for your loved ones while they're away at college, number one. But number two, most importantly, what in the hell's going on with this case? And so also, a shout out to my little group of best friends that I have, the three of them that have begged and begged and begged for our take on what we believe happened, but also how to prevent things like this from happening like you just stated. Is it nice to have friends? It is. I have no friends. I mean, I just have my my core. Can you name any friends that I have? I could name two. Who? Use their first name. And Uncle Brent. Oh, yeah. I grew up with them riding tricycles. They knew you prior to the fame. 
if you want to call it that. That's <laughs> anyway. Want to call it that? So how about nightmare? Moscow, anyway, Idaho. You have four people murdered. They're all roommates. Two roommates left untouched. You have three roommates that were murdered, and one of the roommates' boyfriends. All in the same home, but yet again, the two roommates on the first floor did not. They were not murdered. Nothing happened. They basically, from the nine one one call. Tried to wake up a roommate, realized what happened, and then it transpired from there. So that starts with my first question, Philip. Mm. What are your thoughts on the fact that there were two roommates left untouched? Well, it tells me a couple of things. Number one I, I, uh, is, you know, okay, so if I can only do this if I were investigating. If I was a homicide investigator on the case, which those guys in the FBI team up there is the best. And there, and 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 I want to say this first. You know, in my conversations with law enforcement on other cases up there that we're working, um, you know, the conversation obviously comes up. Hey, what's going on with the kids that got killed down there in Moscow? And the, you know, the answer is, well, we're keeping it very quiet because we need to keep it quiet. Why do you need to keep it quiet? Well, obviously it was someone that possibly had some interaction with them and we don't want to tip the bad guy off. Or one of them. Or one of them, yes. So the first thing I do is is come in and assess the crime scene, as everybody does. Where were they? Uh, what position were they in when the body was found? Um, the method of uh, death. In this case, it's going to be a knife, um, knife wounds to the chest. I look at two things. Here's the first thing. Number one, um, okay, so we know there's one girl that was and there's no other way to say this, was eviscerated. She had serious stab wounds. Uh, four, I think they said, what, six, seven stab wounds on her. Her stomach was opened up. Uh, you know, that sort of thing. Okay, so that's an anger crime. Okay, a killer doesn't just come in uh, and um, uh, stab people um, just to kill them. I mean, unless you've got a serial killer. Uh, and so we'll get to serial killer in a minute, but this kind of leans to me from what I've heard both in the media and what I've heard from law enforcement is, is there was one young lady that was stabbed, uh, a bunch of times. Uh, she was eviscerated. Um, and so that tells me that's personal, that that's a personal situation. Uh, unless there is an exception to it, unless she wakes up after the first stab wound and start, tries to start to fight, then I'd bag her hands as fast as I could and, and get whatever's underneath her fingernails. Uh, because I guarantee you that getting stabbed, you don't just lay there and get stabbed. It, it, it hurts. Uh, you have to go through a chest wall, a chest cavity uh, in this case. Uh, ribs, so there's going to be breakage of ribs, uh, and uh, it's very forceful. So let's talk about the forcefulness. The forcefulness goes into the knife that goes into the body and um, is pushed, in this case, downward. So that means they were standing up next to the bed. They were had whatever dominant hand they were using. No one said that yet. And, of course, law enforcement's not letting that go. Um, and they're stabbing downward in a downward pace. Now, this is not just a little knife. This is a hunting knife, something that hunters use. So keep that in the back of your head. Mmm, hunter. 
These knives are, are, are available up in Idaho in every single store you can go into that handles hunting equipment. <clears throat> and so, so now we know that there's one child that was stabbed so many times she 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 bled out probably pretty quickly within about two or three minutes i'd say she was bled out and dead she probably went unconscious after the first minute um i don't know anything about her face i would look at her uh, face obviously in the corners did and they're probably keeping that back from everybody did somebody have their hand over her mouth to keep her from screaming you know what was that case but that's a per it's a personal kill that's what we call in the business a personal kill. So one of the moms, to play off of what you've just said, one of the moms um, of one of the victims stated that this was no doubt methodical, planned, quiet, and quick. It wouldn't surprise me uh, that that mom is correct in her, in her unprofessional assessment with emotions and everything else in. But then you've got another kid in the bed that gets stabbed twice very effectively and kills that person immediately, a stab to, my understanding is, to the heart-lung area, and then one into the belly, which gets the, uh, uh, gets the, uh, uh, the venal and the arterial section right underneath, and right underneath the liver, cuts that, and then you bleed out in just seconds. You'll bleed out. So... That's the first two. The other two, what they were on the, that was the third floor kids, right? Yeah. Well, I'm looking right now. So it's a three-story residence, right. six-bedroom, right. three-bath. You go down to the second mm. floor. This was a very quiet kill. One of the children had uh, eviscerations to the neck area. Excuse me. Uh, eviscerations to the neck area, uh, chest area. Uh, according to the coroner's report. I, I, I don't know what to say about that other than at that point, it was bloodletting at this point. Now we got now we got three kids dead, and then we go to another room and we got another one dead. So now we got four kids dead, all stabbed. What is the only thing that sticks out? The only thing that sticks out is the multiple, and I mean seven, eight, nine stabs, the question is, did the did the killer get tired? No, I don't think so. Was the killer methodical? Absolutely. But why did the two downstairs not get stabbed? And the thought process is the killer did not know there were two people downstairs that were sleeping. They knew about the two upstairs, and they knew about the two on the second floor. So the question is, was this an outside person? Think that through for a minute. Was it an outside person that didn't know who lived there? And did they come in and had they been watching the house? That's why they're up in the little hillside around. That's why they're asking the neighbors. That's why they're looking for this little white car. What, what, what was the intent of the killer? obviously to kill but if it was an outside person that's coming in and just watching the home and has exactly. no relationship to at least one of the individuals in the home exactly then i could understand that but you're stating that based off of this the one person who was stabbed eviscerated that has to be more out of anger out of intent out yes of, uh, and so to if, me if it was somebody that knew those individuals then they would know that there are more than just exactly. the four, three people there. You're right. People. Right. So 
you know, sometimes these mass murderers, especially people with knives, um, they get excited on the first kill. If it's a multiple kill in a house, go back to Jeffrey Dahmer, go back to all these people, these, these killers that we study all the time. Um, he may have been so worked up and so excited that he just stab, 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 stab. And then when he got to the second one, you know, and a lot of the cops say, well, he's probably tired after all that stabbing. I mean, again, it's not just you stab somebody and the knife goes through uh, uh, skin and hits an artery or, or, or major um, like the liver or something. I mean, you know, it's not like that. It's 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 hard. And that's why you see when people have open heart surgeries, they use the, the, the cutters to get in, saws to get in. It's not easy to do. And that leads me to my second point. Uh, my second point is, is that if you're stabbing that hard and you're really hurting that person, now remember they've been out drinking and there's probably alcohol involved and they were probably in a lethargic state when it got started. But um, you're going to cut yourself. I mean, nobody, unless you got gloves on, and they haven't released if they found any DNA yet, but if you've got gloves on, uh, you know, there may be a chance to keep that DNA inside the gloves, but there, well, you're going to end up cutting yourself. And I think it's also important to note that there was no forced entry into That's the right. Home. Well, that, and, and, and the other thing that nobody's really talking about that I kind of keyed on uh, from one of the homicide investigators, he's a lieutenant up there, I kind of keyed on this is when... Uh, the kids got there, what was it, about noon? So the first person got to the house to... Well, I think the first roommate that yeah. from downstairs, from the first floor, was up woke, up woke up and at noon. got there approximately. The call was around 11.58. Yeah, yeah, about noonish. but the door was wide open. The downstairs door was wide open. And that tells me that that's not a very smart killer. Right. A smart killer would quietly close the door behind him and then just leave. And then, of course, you got to get outside, and there's snow on the ground, there's mud, there's everything else, tire tracks. And, of course, when the call came out that, you know, we've got four dead kids in a house, everybody and their mother's responding, and it's like a herd of cattle coming up the hill and uh, coming through the house and footprints in the floors and bringing dirt in. I mean, it just wasn't a sterile environment. But you, you get a small town like Moscow, Texas. Uh, Moscow, Texas. <laughs> Is there a Moscow, Texas? Moscow. Moscow. No, I don't think so. Moscow. So if you, if you look at it, folks, you know, Moscow, Idaho, uh, what do you got? 10 cops, 20 cops? They're, they don't see this every day. It's, it's like many of the cases we work out there that end up being homicides. They don't, they're not trained. They're not trained to do this stuff. Uh, and in some of the cases and some of the sheriffs that I bring in, I bring in ideas and say, well, I saw HPD. I went to a class up in Austin on this. Uh, you know, one of the cases we had kind of emulates this. They don't. Well, they, until it happens to their city. Right, but their budgets, their budgets can't afford them to go to Austin or Washington, D.C. or wherever some of these great homicide schools, Cincinnati, uh, the Atlanta guys over in Atlanta. I, I tell everybody that people say, well, everybody says you work a lot of homicides of late. And I'm going, yeah, unfortunately it is. And they say, well, you know, uh, you know, we just love this stuff. And I tell them, I say, hey, you really want to see what it's like? I mean, really want to see 
the first 48 Atlanta. It's on A&E. I watched it one or two times just to kind of, you know, see if they're flavoring it up a little bit. Do they do a little flavor? Yes, they make characters out of these homicide investigators, which is how they sell the show. But the actual nuts and bolts of the time of arrival and riding with these guys and, and, and the assessment of the scene and the assessment of witnesses and the assessment of their background and their life and the assessment of what they do and what they've been doing and the suspects, it, it's spot on. Watch it. I'm telling you, it's A&E. Google it. A&E, First 48 uh, Atlanta. Uh, because I tell you, if you if you really are a sleuth and you're, you know, you want to maybe try this being in this career path that we've all taken here in this office, you may want to watch that to see if that's something that interests you. Because not all cases are like that. Some of our cut and dry shootings, you know, mom don't like dad, dad don't like mom. Then actually it's about the chase, not really the crime. Uh, but they actually asked the question in interrogation, why? Well, why did you do this? And that's the question that the police are dealing with up in, up in Idaho right now. Why? What's the motive? Why? Remember, I, I talk about this all the time. Who, what, when, where, and why? Every case, who, what, when, where, why? Those are the things that you have to look at. And once you answer all those questions, you got your case. All it takes about is putting it together. Now, one of these individuals, one of these women has a stalker. Yep. So, Gee, a stalker? <laughs> Poor lady. Uh, we've got many at this point. Um, but one of, uh, at a, one of the store managers that they frequented quite a bit um, stated to the police that the uh, reason that they all travel in groups of more than two of them is because one of the individuals had a stalker and that was something that they did for security. So that while that's a great idea, unfortunately, if it was the stalker that killed them, it was the demise of them. It was the demise. It was the demise. One of the things you'll note, and this is a rare exception for me, when I get a stalker, I guess I can talk about it. I'm working right now with federal and state and local law enforcement. I have a stalker, a, a real life stalker that's stalking us, uh, knows where I live, um, has sent cards. What else do they say? This is aside from our original yeah, stalker. Yeah, right. So yeah. this has been this is a new recent... stalker. This is a new stalker that's being very methodical, knows my sending shirt. packages, send, sending packages to the house, sending cards, letters, cards addressed to Philip from Philip to his home address. Yeah. That, yeah. Has very, um, very upsetting slash crazy messages. It is crazy. It is, I, it's literally crazy. In fact, to the, to the point they tell they tell everybody what they're going to do to me. And so at this point, what we're doing is is we're working with law enforcement, obviously. But we, it, it's interesting for me, right, Caroline? I mean, I I have stalkers. I've had stalkers since Dateline NBC back in two thousand eight nine somewhere in there. But I have never had it to this level before. I guess the internet has opened these trolls up that are mentally unstable to to post things, say things that are so off the freaking chain. So now I have the feeling that of, of rather than being the hunter, I am the hunted. And it has helped me a lot in how I handle my clients in, in these cases. Cause when they sit there and they cry and they say, you know, I just can't live a normal life. I can't even walk to my car. I can't, you know, they do all the can't right. 
I understand where they are. I mean, I understand now that, you know, I used to, and you guys would get on me all the time. Everybody in this office would get on me all the time because they say, where are you going? I'm going to lunch. Well, where are you going to lunch? Why does it matter to you? Well, God dang it, you know, we need to know where you are, et cetera. And where's your gun? Why don't you have your gun on? I've now gone into the situation. I carry my gun everywhere, everywhere. I carry it everywhere. And I have a secondary device that I can push and it can alert that I'm in trouble. I mean, it's 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 gone from being the protector to the to the protectee, I guess. And so, you know, know, now it's you know it's you get into these rope lines and stuff, and you think this is the same theory I'm talking about with this case in Idaho. Did these kids know it was coming? They had a stalker, so we put that on the table. We put the open door on the table. We put the evisceration on the table. We put we put all these things on the table. And then one of the fathers comes out and says that the ME came back to him and told him that his daughter's cause of death was different than another individual's cause of death. So now we we hear... We wonder and we hear... Yes, the two different causes of deaths. Right. And they're not going to release that, folks. No. They're just going to talk about the evisceration first. Now, what are, they, what are the cops doing? I've I, I got to cheer on the cops. They're doing a great job, folks. They have kept their mouths shut. They've kept the, and, and this, and this is, oh God, I hate to even talk about this. This is what we talk about all the time. We use the media to get a message out that we want the public to know. The problem is, is some of these whack jobs out there take what we say and say, oh, you're a liar, or you're this or that. No, we're telling you what we want you to know. We know more. We're just not telling you. Okay, and that's what the cops up there are doing. They're releasing little bits of video, little bits of uh, I think what they put a picture of the white car up, uh, yeah, or so a that, prototype. That it was leads, a prototype. Leads me to the latest update. Sure. Update. Um, they did put a photo of a surveillance camera. There were two different surveillance cameras. One from a home that was right around the corner um, of the house, and then also from a gas station that was one mile away. Um, it was a white car that was seen at 3.45 a.m., and there is a mother of the victim stating that now it's almost 30 days in, so all of the individuals that live there, all of the businesses, all of everything, you know, you, if you have a camera, it cycles out pretty much every 30 days. Yep. They are begging for people to go back and look at their get video footage between t- uh, 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. is when the killings happened. So if you see a white vehicle... If you have any information, you know, make sure you get it to the police. Exactly. And, and I know a lot of people listen to us up in Idaho. Please if go back and check your cameras. Please keep an open mind. If you think you might have seen something or your neighbor might have seen something. Heck, how hard is it to walk next door to your neighbor and say, do you got a camera? What for? Well, the cops are asking you know, about this white car. Do you think, if, do you have a blink? If you have a blink, blinks are great. Let me do a little commercial real quick blinks are great okay blink cameras are great i have them you have them too don't you i do didn't they come install well, them at I your have, house i no, but i installed blink cameras but we also have a hard you, hard install i have like two sets yeah she caroline has two sets because of the stalkers but they're dead now so we don't really worry about them uh but we have uh 
the uh, blink camera system at my house. Now, why do we have blink? Everybody's, well, why do you blink if you lose your internet? I have blink plus so that I can get the feed and when the feed actually goes onto a hard drive. So, uh, and it actually goes to my phone. So I've got the both, both of them again. Why do you have that? Well, because you know, <laughs> obviously obvious reasons. We obviously have issues. But, here. but, but the, but the issue really needs to be folks is get a good camera. Blink is a great camera. I know Amazon owns it. And I know some of you don't like Bezos and all that other crap. You know, forget all that folks, just get a good camera system around your house. And you know, the greatest thing about it was the initial package was what, $158? Yeah, it's very affordable. It's affordable and it's easy to install. And some people use the Nest. I've Nest. heard great things about Nest. I heard Nest is really great because, you know, that's how they birthed that company. They, they put a camera up on top of a roof that caught some burglars. And uh, they called it, well, we got it from that camera up there in the Nest. And that's how the company started. So um, get Nest. Nest is great outdoor cameras. I mean, they are like the clearest you can get and, and and there's no reason in today's time that you know i don't care where you live whether it's in temple texas i just got back from a small town outside of austin uh you know it doesn't matter folks it doesn't matter if or when you put it up just put it up just put just go christmas is here hell Christmas is here. Get on Amazon. Put in Blink. You can get 12-packs, 6-packs, 4-packs, 2-packs. Just get one. And and, and, and it can, you can create stills. You can send them to the police very easy. Uh, we have alert systems in here and some of our clients that have come up on my screen uh, in my office where I can send it right to the local police. Get one. That's my commercial. Just get one. Do it. Okay. Quit messing around. So I want to touch on one, well, two more things, really. Before we have to wrap it up, because unfortunately it is Christmas break and my kids get out here in about 30 minutes. Um, Yay. But one thing I want to touch on real quick is that um, I know that there's a lot of info or I don't want to say misinformation, because honestly, I think it's just theories that are being floated around on social media from, you know, who could have killed these um, individuals from the food truck guy that one of us, one of them got food from that night to the ex-boyfriend of the girl that was in bed with her boyfriend um, that, you know, may have been driven by jealousy to, I mean, a million other things that are being floated out there. I don't really want to touch upon what we believe as far as those go, because I think you always, and what we've realized, we don't know. You always go back to the facts of what, where the crime occurred, what you can gather from there and then move forward. And, you know, I think can one of them be it? Yeah. Maybe they are a person of interest. The, no doubt that the police is looking at them to rule them in or rule them out by an alibi or by DNA or by whatever it may be. Um, so I think we let the police do their job. We've given you our take on what we believe, what we would look at, how we would run the case if we were involved. Um, and I think there's going to be a lot more information to come out from there. It's going to be a lot more information, and I think it's going to be a surprise to everybody when it's all said and done. Now, the first, the last question I want to answer is, because I know I've gotten this on my uh, email, which has got leaked again. My email got leaked again, so I get about 100 emails a day. Um, the big question is, do I think it was male or female? 
in my opinion, and I haven't answered any of it, but I'll answer it now. My belief is, and was there more than one person? That was the other question that I think has been very big. Do I think it's, um, uh, do I think, well, let's just start with the first one. Is it one person? I would lean towards that. Yes. Oh, I fully believe there's only uh, one person. There's, it was one person that was very, very quiet. Uh, door number two, do I think it's male or female? I think from what I have been told by law enforcement up in Idaho, that the blows were so forceful that it, it could not be a, a female. Now, it could be. I mean, you know, there's big old weightlifters out there. And, well, now your haters are going to say that you are but, being but it's ra- a, uh, what, not racist, but whatever the that'll be next gender week. orientation yeah, racism is. Whatever. But my point is, is that I think that, you know, I was told I was arrogant the other day. It's unbelievable. Uh, (laughs) That's too funny. But anyway, um, I think with with the way the knife was used and it went through the rib cage and the sternum and uh, uh, inferior vena uh, cava and posterior vena cavas, I I just think that I think it's going to be a male because just of the of the veer of the base viciousness. Of how that knife went in, uh, and uh, again, I don't know anything about any other DNA. That's for the smart people to do. I'm not a DNA guy, other than hey, here's a sample. Can you tell me what it is? Um, but the smart people will figure that out. And number two, um, I think after the first, I think the first again, I want to repeat myself. I think the first kill was a. Uh, what, there was so much excitement. Yeah, it was. It was no, well, intentional, obviously, but, but. They were so excited about the kill, which tells me, you know, I, I'm kind of on again, like I said in the beginning of this podcast, I'm I'm kind of on the fence. Is it somebody they knew? Yeah, probably. But don't rule out for any reason. Don't rule out uh, a serial killer uh, because that's how serial killers are. Go back and read about them. They get so excited about their first kill, which indicates to me this may be a new serial killer. This may be a new kid on the block, maybe a well, drifter. I guess time will tell. I know. Anyway. All right. So lastly, um, what can parents or individuals in college, what can they do to prevent something of this nature happening to them or their child? Okay. First of all, when you go to college, most likely you'll go to a dorm. Okay, I went to Weymouth Chitwood my first year, and then I moved over to Texas Tech, by the way, and God bless Mike Leach, and I'll say something about that here in a minute. But um, there's questions of privacy. Okay, so you, usually you'll have a roommate with you. That hurt. Usually they'll uh, have a roommate with you. What are the legalities of you having a camera on in your room, because you can't have it in the commons. They're not going to let you do that. Hopefully some of these schools are putting up more cameras now inside their complexes, which they are for safety reasons. But if you are in an apartment, it's okay to have a hidden camera in your living room. It's okay to have a hidden camera in your bedroom when you're gone or if you choose to, you know, pose for yourself but remember there's hackers out there so be very careful with that uh but that's what i would do if i was a parent and my daughter or my son was going to college for the first year as freshman i'd go get a little two-point 
nest system, put it up in their dorm room, that sort of thing. If they're moving off campus and they're going into an apartment, A&M is really big about apartments right now. Uh, dorm living is there, but it's not as much as it used to be where they required you to spend the first two years in the dorms. I think Texas Tech, what, was a one year in the dorm? Yeah, just UT, your freshman year. Yeah, UT is one one year in the dorm. Uh, a lot of the schools in the, in the state, I think SMU, TCU are still one year in the dorm. Um, I would, if it were me and my child, again, was going to school off campus, I would have a camera system as fast as I could get one. A ring door system, all it is is two screws. You can pay to put the wood putty in there and get it painted uh, after, after they leave. Uh, but the security and safety of our children is paramount. I think that there are too many strange people out there. Don't get mad at me, Caroline. The Generation Z in our communities suck. They're horrible. They don't follow the rules. They make their own rules up. I don't think I'm Gen they Z. They smoke. I get it. They smoke pot to make themselves feel better. Then they turn schizophrenic. And when they turn schizophrenic, they get the knives out and everybody's going, well, no, they don't. No, they don't. Let me tell you something, friends. The marijuana back in my day, and again, I, I people laugh at me. They call me a prude. But I've never smoked marijuana. Have I had a whiskey? Absolutely. But I've never had uh, marijuana or any drug before other than what's been prescribed to me for pain after surgeries or whatever the case is. I can tell you that people live on this stuff. And when they live on this stuff, there is a syndrome. Everybody needs to look up the syndrome. It's called the wet brain syndrome. Wet brain. These are people who are alcoholics, drug addicts. They don't have uh, and recovering drug addicts. They don't have the mental capability in their brain to decipher the difference between right and wrong. Now, right, okay, we stop at a stoplight. Wrong, we run the stoplight and we get in a wreck. Okay, there's a big difference here. So what I want everyone to do is I want you to read up on that because it's really a great books on it and there's great information on it. But but these these people out there in the Gen Z, they are there's no governor on them. There's no right or wrong. There's no nothing. And so read up on that. Read up on the wet brain. And and you know what? If you really want to be a sleuth, start reading up on serial killers and compare it to cases that are open out there in the United States. Anyway, last thing I want to say to everybody is I hope everybody has a Merry Christmas. Uh, enjoy your families. There's people out there that will not be with their families this year for one reason or another. Um, you know, folks, I wish I had an answer for everything, but I don't. Uh, you know, well, we got a news media crew coming in here to interview me when. January. Well, it was supposed to be Saturday, but now it's being moved. So, oh, well, there it is. I get a free Saturday now, or actually, in back in the office Saturday. But I want everyone to have a Merry Christmas. Love your family. Love your grandchildren. Love your sisters, brothers, mothers, cousins. Just try to have a great Christmas, and hopefully, we'll get through this. We're going to be cold down here, twenty-one degrees. They say we are. Now we will have a um, episode releasing next week that it will be subscriber episode only it'll be an update on our cases oh. where things stand it'll okay. be short sweet to the point um, am i in this one 
You are. You will be. Um, and then we will have on my schedule. Our, it will be. And then we will have. Um, <laughs> Folks, the reason I say that is, is they're all pumped up about this new scheduling system we have in this office that I've got to follow my schedule. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, and then we will have a special end of the year podcast episode with our entire team where we'll talk about um, peaks and pits and what we are looking for for 2023. So hope you'll tune in to the next two Ones that we release. In the meantime, if you are not a subscriber, we hope you have a Merry Christmas. And let me say this. Thank you for listening to us. We really appreciate you. And we appreciate the the, the, uh, the uh, uh, public in general. Uh, There's going to be a lot of, lot of legal stuff coming on, but, uh, you know, we'll get through it. Everybody will get through it. And so uh, we'll just deal with what we would deal with. But anyway, I hope you all have a Merry Christmas, and I'll talk to you soon. All right. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe so that you can get notifications on our new episodes that are released. And we will talk to you next time. Bye.